Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Time to Shine. My name is Adrian. I'm one of your hosts here. I'm also known as Northern Star on Twitter, and I'm not joined alone. I have my lovely, fearless co-host, Mike, here with me. Hi, Mike. Fearless? I don't know about fearless, but I'll, I'll, I'll take <laughs> You seem pretty part. fearless. <laughs> <laughs> hello, everyone. It is, uh, it is Mike, also known as The Buried Truck, back again for a little more Time to Shine action. Yes. And this is a very special episode because I don't know if you heard her beautiful laugh, but we have our first guest star, Nicole Rochelle, also known as Nicole Leach, who played Tanya in season one of the show. Welcome, Nicole. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. It's just so nice to have you back. And yeah, yeah. For those of you who haven't seen my other podcast, Nicole joined us for the first one, along with Didi and Rick and Craig and Olga. And it was a blast. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, so how are you, Nicole? Yeah, I've been traveling a lot this weekend, so I've been working a lot, um, performing, singing, some concerts, and just a lot of travel time, so <laughs> a little bit yeah. there, but happy, happy to be working and living awesome. and expressing art. Amazing. Well, yeah, thank you for making the time to join us. And no problem. It's always exciting to chat with somebody who had the experience of actually being on set and, you know, working with the other actors and just, you know, had that feel for what it was like to be working on the show itself. Now, to kick off, uh, Mike made kind of a list of interview questions. I wonder if we could um, ask you a few of those to start and then kind of dive into our episode reviews, if that sounds good. Sure. Excellent. Excellent. Cool. Well, first of all, Nicole, I'm, uh, I'm curious, and I'm sure many of our listeners are curious as well. Uh, what are your current endeavors? What are you currently involved in? Oh, um, well, I've been singing a lot out here in Europe. And the good part about that is that they, in Europe, they really enjoy traditional jazz and boogie woogie and blues. And well, that's my culture. But the funny part is I didn't do that until I got out here. (laughs) So (laughs) I learned it out here basically in order to do it and i started to really enjoy it especially the boogie woogie it's something i never really i, I just love heard. how boogie woogie sounds <laughs> i know it's it's such a cool type of music and people really get into it and they it's mostly like an older crowd but sometimes it's all mixed families and whatnot and my son loves it and he's like mommy boogie boogie you know and he's, he's actually sung with me I'll, oh I'll send you guys a clip after he sang with me on stage oh, you a couple oh, that's times adorable. yeah he just runs up and grabs the mic i'm like okay oh. i didn't do that honestly i <laughs> yeah. didn't push that on him you know but you that's a superstar what, on your hand <laughs> yeah so it's like it's like that they really enjoy that but they also enjoy the pop songs the whitney houston the like uh obviously the chanson française i sing a lot in french in uh, piaf and josephine baker which are my specialties so it's like I can do everything I can possibly do out here, whereas in the states it's a little bit more limited because I don't I don't find those same niches. So right. that's I, I love being able to do that out here, and um, I'm doing a lot of Billie Holiday lately, and then I'm also dancing a lot, dancing Lindy Hop, swing, um, house, contemporary kind of stuff, on and off when I get some time. But my son's like three and a half, so busy with oh, that. Of course, yeah, that's a full time <laughs> job in and of itself. Yeah. And, um, and I've been studying Japanese as a side project for my brain, um, to get sharper. (laughs) I mean, it's the thing, like I decided if I'm going to go all in, I'm going to go forever. So I'm just going to like, keep it moving slowly. And I decided that would be a cool thing to do with my son. So I'm giving him like one, once a week, there's a guy that comes and chats with him in Japanese and plays with him. And we're actually going to Japan in April for two weeks. And the funny wow, part is awesome. I just linked it to tonight because when the last time the Japanese teacher came, he said, wow, your son seems like uh, there's a word in Japanese, like a train geek. 
<laughs> yeah, because he's. Do you obsessed. know the word? It's uh, densha dak, uh, densha otake, atak, otaku, pardon. Dens okay. Densha otaku. Well, that would be us. Because yeah. We geek, so that's fitting. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I never realized it, but I real I just realized that this last trip we went to the United States, he wanted everybody to play the train game. And he goes, I'm the train. I'm the train. Now grab on. Come on. Choo choo. <laughs> and then he keeps going all around the house and he wants you to get off and get on. He's like, there's a station. There's a station. You get on. Now you get off when I, you get on off now. And then you get on when I come back. And he like has all these directions and he's the train and he has different sounds that he really oh, I love it. pays attention to. Like some, he goes, mommy, no, no, no. It goes like this. <laughs> he's very directive. Yeah, he's a bit he's a bit of a dictator there, but he, he does the different sounds and then he's like, no no steam train. Steam train is is, is not fast, mommy. And then steam train goes choo choo and then no no and then the Shinkansen train, no, that's a choo 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 and it's like okay, so he has wow. all these different sounds and I'm like, okay, I really need to get him more into Shiny Time Station because as of now we've that's only watched Thomas the Tank engine so much. Is he but, into Thomas or is he into other yeah. kind of train stuff? He likes Thomas and he likes, who's the other one? Tayo or whatever? I can't even remember the name. There's like a few trains he likes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. But he really There's likes a lot Thomas. of train shows these days. Yeah, there are a lot It's of not them, like yeah. it was back in the day when we just no. had one and that was it. So Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, that's amazing because so. he's going to have a great time in Japan then because they oh, are, yeah. not only are they about Thomas, but they are about railways in general. They so. do have a very big train culture and the, the whole ritual of like driving the train and signaling the train and bowing to people getting on the train and off the train. And then they have like this whole... They have these these like almost not museums but in a way almost like there's a Pikachu train where it's all yellow and oh all the gosh. Pikachu toys are all around and just you can I didn't go know on that, that you bow going on and off. That's cool. Yeah, the, the, the conductors do that. It's great. It's like really cool. And they have old steam trains you can like see and get on. Yeah, that would be my jam. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian, are we going international one of these days for an episode? We are. We're going to do. We're going to do a special time uh, time to shine Japan edition. Yes, and, uh, and we, we watch Thomas the Tank Engine in Japanese sometimes so he can get used to it. Oh, that's smart. Oh, no, that's cool. Now, do you guys watch the new um, CGI version or do you watch the old model version? Uh, I think it's more the new one because that's I think that's okay. the one they translated in Japanese. Gotcha. But there are some that look kind of old and they're like, the, like, like we, we listen to the anthem song in Japanese and that's pretty fun. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that would be amazing, the singing. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, great. Oh man, that's so cool! Well, I'm sure you're going to have a fantastic time out there, and that's it. it it's it, from what I've seen, it looks like it would be a great time, especially for for those who are train inclined like ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, yeah. in terms of Shining Time Station, Nicole, can you mm -hmm. remember uh, what was the audition process like? Oh, <laughs> see, okay, so I don't. I was I was saying to Adrian before I don't I don't have like shoddy memories about it because it was right. so much stuff going on, so much information, um, mm. and I I just I just don't remember it all. But I remember like key moments, and, and the audition was one of them because I remember I, I think I had about six 
auditions all total like five callbacks or something are you kidding wow that's yeah it was lot. like one of the most extensive audition processes i ever had and it was like one <laughs> of my first ones you know and i remember my girlfriend that was auditioning she and i had already done a broadway show together um which was short-lived because it got canceled but she was the main role and i was the understudy for that show and for this one we ended up being just down to me and her Again. So it was like me and her again. And it's like between That's me and her. Hilarious. It was really funny because we looked very similar and our parents looked very similar. And she was best friends with with Rudy from Cosby Show. Oh, no way. Oh, and later on, I would end up being on the Cosby Show and my name would be her name because that was her best friend. So she named my character Danielle. Huh. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So it's like comes round robin completely. Um, so I just went she in, I remember... Was she upset when you landed the role or was it pretty amicable? No, I don't remember her being upset. She was always such a nice girl that oh. I just, I don't remember any weirdness from her at all. I don't remember any weirdness from anybody back in the day. We also used to audition all the time with Tatiana Ali. And it was like between her, me, oh, wow. Danielle. It was always, it was like a similar round of girls. Um, yeah. And I remember the day she told me she got fresh prints. Like we were all like buds back then. Wow. Um, yeah, so I remember auditioning, and my mom remembers it clearly as well because my mom says I that she remembers clearly that we kept going back in, back in, in and out, in and out. They said, "Okay, Danielle, okay, now Nicole, okay, Danielle, okay, now Nicole." <laughs> and then at the very end, they said something like, "Okay, we just noticed that Nicole still has a lot of energy going on." <laughs> like it was something about like she got maybe slightly tired and I didn't, but we we basically looked so similar that is the toss up, you know. Oh, that's wild. So I assume they had you thing. reading an excerpt from the maybe the first episode draft or something? Or? Yeah, I mean, it was. I remember it being a bunch of different scenes, and we just kind of kept going oh, in to wow. do them. Yeah. Wow. Good wow. on you for not getting tired. I, that's, <laughs> I guess that's tiring. So. Like, in here, I'm like, wow. <laughs> what a process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, but it was exciting. But uh, although I didn't even know who, who Ringo was or anything at the time either, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it helps you feel any better, none of us knew who Ringo was at the time watching the show either. We just knew he was Mr. Conductor. So Yeah, yeah cool. It, it wasn't until years later that we put two and two together and realized, oh, that's who that was. Right. Right, right. Nice. <laughs> uh, now, when you actually landed the role, Nicole, what was filming like? Can you take us through what sort of a, a typical shooting day would have been like for you? Um, I just, I remember that. You know, of course, we had the hair and makeup. We we had a lot. I I had a lot of great clothes. I I, I always liked fashion, and I remember I had all these colorful clothes to like try on. You and did have some really banging clothes together? Like <laughs> yeah, like I I literally go back. I'm like I could be inspired by that. I could wear a similar outfit today because that <laughs> looks cool. <laughs> you know, like everything matched up and it was cute yeah. and everything. And I love your yellow one from the first episode. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, it the was dress. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah, totally. I did like that. <laughs> I think I definitely have something similar because I like old school clothes as well, you know, for oh, some of the jazz cool. stuff that I do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember I had great clothes to try on. I loved trying on, try on the clothes and getting the outfits together. And then I don't, I think I practiced the script with my mom and I'm pretty sure I probably reviewed it in the makeup chair. You know, that's what I usually did for most jobs. And then on the set, I remember we used to talk to the wall. You know, they would give us the eyeline for Ringo. Right. <laughs> we talked to the wall. But somehow we ended up seeing him a lot. Somehow I have memories of him a lot. Like, I guess he was around doing it on the green screen somewhere near us. Um, he was around I, a lot more in the in the first season. Yeah. Of, like, compared to George and the other seasons, they shot him separately. But yeah, season yeah. one, he was around quite a bit. And then we also that. had the whole promotional tour, which was a blast. 
Yeah, we were going to ask you about that. Yeah, I remember being on the train and I really liked the train ride. I liked hanging out, like chatting with everybody. And just like, I remember Ringo was just funny and like, like a fun guy. And he used to call me Miss Huggy. Oh, Miss Huggy. <laughs> and like, so that was, that was really cool. Um, so and Dee Dee was obviously the sweetheart. She was such a sweetheart. Even Brian was. Um, yeah. And funny. But Dee Dee used to organize all these like kid things to keep us like, in check and also having fun at the same time. <laughs> That's <really> sweet. It was <laughs> yeah. cute because um, I saw a little clip of uh, of that promo tour that you guys did, the press tour, and mm. there's some footage of you guys on the train playing charades. Do you remember doing that? Oh, no, charades? I don't remember doing that at all. <laughs> I don't think I remember any, like, real activities we did except for, like, I just I just remember walking around the train. And the, the big jet. And you guys dinner. took a huge... Oh, yes, dinner, yeah. I remember we, like, it was like a two... Yeah, I've never seen a jet like that after in my life. Like the two and stories, the beds. <laughs> what? And I've the captain let you up into the cockpit as well. Yeah, I've never seen that again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> glam, Once in a lifetime type stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think I got used to the good life real early, but good thing I forgot <laughs> a lot. You know, I wasn't reclaiming that afterward. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> now, yeah, I guess great. in in relation to that press tour as well, Nicole. Yeah. Um, you know, you obviously. There would have been a lot of early on promotion for the show, but do you remember as you were, you know, touring for it and even afterwards, I guess, um, were you aware of how big Shining Time Station was actually becoming? Oh, no, not at all. No. I mean, since since, since there was no social media, you know, who knows about True. the numbers? I was oh, never it. like checking numbers or anything like that. Oh, because I guess they had some sort of like mm -hmm. what's it called the Neil score? I don't know some mm -hmm. sort of. And I think it, I think it, like the press tour, I believe was like in December it wrapped up, and then it the show premiered end of January, mm. I think. So it's still it's still had a bit of time, but it was gaining. I guess like you guys were really getting the buzz going. That mm -hmm. sounds about right. Yeah, but I don't. I yeah, I don't remember how popular it was, and I never, I've never really focused on that kind of thing in mm -hmm. my career. Like I, I don't, I, I like to not try to focus on if I'm being recognized or if it's something mm -hmm. is so successful, because I feel like it right. just kind of, uh, it, it yeah. gives you too much weight into, into what you did as opposed to what you're going to do, <laughs> you know, again, or you sound very motivated on like future projects and not getting as much caught up. Like you're just sort of, you seem very much like in the moment. Yeah. With yeah. The, your approach to that, to performing. Like, now, nowadays, sometimes my mom, I mean, she's my mom, but she has to remind me and she says, do you understand what you've done in your life? Do you look at your resume? I'm like, um, no, I don't. That's not something I think about. Like, like, oh, look what I've done. Like, no. And she's like, you need to make a list. You need to make a list of all the stuff you've done so you can get that energy. I'm like, okay, mom, you know, that's such like, a mom thing. <laughs> it's such a mom thing. But it's like whenever I, I like maybe procrastinate a little long in developing a, a thing on my own now, she's like, you know, you really can do it. You know, you've done so much. I'm like, oh, I guess I have done a lot. When I look back, I'm like, wow, I was so fortunate and lucky to start so with that. Sweet. And I had, and so that always gave me also the resume that I needed to never not have an audition, you know, because if you don't have the resume in That's the beginning, it. you can't even get the call, the audition. Right. Well, and then you had, and you had the popularity of, you know, shooting with a Beatle at the same time with like filming with really lovely actors, yeah. like just having chatted with them. They're all so nice. And I just, yeah. I've chatted with quite a few folks recently who are on film sets and just saying like, they just do not generally like the environment on film sets. Yeah. But, so this sounds kind of special in that regard. That's true. Like, I, I mean, uh, it's true that t I'm, th I'm thinking about, I don't know, like TV shows and stuff. I mean, I did um, Babysitter's Club, Chris, Clarissa Explains It All, mm -hmm. uh, the Cosby Show. A what was that times. like? Were well, they enjoyable? I, they were enjoyable, but it's true that 
it was, I guess, a bit more separate in terms of energy because, for example, the Babysitter's Club, I was younger and the other girls were all older. So they kind of had to shield us. Me and Mallory were like 11 and they were older. So they were talking about boys and things that were inappropriate for us. So they, they had to shield right. us from that and not include us in certain things. Mm-hmm. Right. So I remember that that, that happened, but I didn't take it personal. Like I was just like, okay, we're kind of young, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the Cosby show and Clarissa Explains It All, it was, um, I had a lot of fun, but there was also, I did feel a competition vibe a little bit with those girls, mainly because I think it was their show. Like they were the stars. Mm-hmm. And I had a feeling that when I came, it was like um, a bit threatening for them. <clears throat> Interesting. But I don't know why, because for me, I would have never thought that. But I have a memory of the makeup artist telling me, don't worry, she's just a little threatened. And I'm like, really? Like I just wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't think Wild. that, but she told me that. And so I guess something must have happened, you know, where. And you're also was... very non threatening. It's a person <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, totally come in, you'd be like, where's my trailer? Where's my yeah. water? Yeah, like, no, get I me. Never... <laughs> Honest, and I tell people this all the time. Like, growing up in New York, every girl was just as talented as the next one, and we all couldn't have yeah. gotten the role. So it was always a toss up. Right. Like, you never knew who would get it. So it was right. never like, I'm the only one that could get it or I'm the best. That would never enter my mind. Right. You know, so it was, and that, and that's, it was fun to grow up like that with so many talented people around you. And I was happy for everybody. My mom always said, you know, be happy for everyone because when it's your turn also, you want people to be happy for you and you just, it's a better energy. And it's just, that felt good to me. Oh, that is good. That's a good moral thing to keep in mind. I was, I was wondering, Clarissa explains it all. Was that with Melissa Joan Hart? Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Okay. Back when she, back before she did Sabrina and all that. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. (laughs) I had fun on that. It was Nickelodeon. was so much fun. Oh, that does sound fun. Do you remember being recognized after you did Shining Time or not really? Oh, yeah. A lot. And actually, I remember years later, I was in New Orleans, like at some swing. It was like swing festival and swing concerts. And somebody said, hey, were you at Shining Time Station? And I was like shocked. I mean, I was literally like (laughs) 28. 30, I don't know what age I was, like probably 30. And I was like, how the hell could you recognize me? But I was like nine <laughs> years old. You're, you're good. You're real good. Cause I wouldn't, <laughs> I was shocked. That's adorable yeah. though. You see, they're like wide-eyed look. They're like, oh, Tanya. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I mean, some people do, they have to be, I bet, I guess from my era a little bit, but yeah. Oh, that's really sweet. Now out of curiosity, Nicole, do people recognize you more from Shining Time versus like the Cosby show or Clarissa Explains It All? Do you find there's a, um, a bigger divide there? Like, well, nowadays I don't even know because I been I haven't been in the States for like 16 years, not right, regularly right. walking around. But wild, I yeah. guess it depended on what was more popular at the moment. I think when Babysitter's Club was out, people kind of recognized me from that. But yeah, not I I don't think I got a lot of people saying um, shining time, but I did get some, I did get a, mm-hmm. a fair amount of people mm-hmm. that surprised me usually. Cause I was so young. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny what people remember, I guess that's, uh, yeah. yeah, it speaks to the show for sure. Okay. Oh, no so worries. one thing though, what people used to say a lot was just, I know you from somewhere. I know you from somewhere. Did you go to my high school? Did you go to my school? It was always that. And it was like, no, um, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, like I knew it wasn't that usually, but they would always just think they knew me. From something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in their lives. Yeah. Oh, man. So, anyway. um, in relation to the filming and, and working with talented people, one of the mm-hmm. things that we notice, especially in the first season of Shining Time Station, is that it feels like every episode has some form of a guest star. There's always like a new yes. passenger who's coming into the station. I'm just curious, do you have any specific memories of any of those guest stars? Any good memories that come to, to mind when you think about that? 
You know, I don't remember like their personalities per se, mm -hmm. but I remember the crafts and things that we would do. Like yeah. when I watched it again the other day, I said, oh yeah, the balloons. I remember I loved that. Like it really was fun to see how these artistic, like almost circus, like performers would come yeah. and do their craft for us. So we really, it was like, we experienced it the same as in the episode, like in real life. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. They made a poodle for us out of the balloons and like you know, stuff to wear in our heads. And then I remember the, 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 the plate that I sent you, the cutout ones. Yes. The, yes. They cut out the plates. That was cool. Yeah. There were the, just, I remember their crafts being interesting to watch in the real life as well. That's excellent. That's really, it's really neat to hear. And I know that they, when they were kind of, you know, doing the whole script breakdown for all the episodes that they really wanted to incorporate kids activities into each episode. So yeah. not only for the kids at home, but be fun for you guys too. Yeah, totally. It was fun for us. Cool. Well, Mike, do you have any more um, questions? Or We do have uh, a couple more, but I think what we'll do is we'll save those for uh, towards the end and we'll move into our review segment now. Hi, Matt. Did you miss me? Nope. I'm reading this neat book. I was just at a party and there was a guy there who did all this neat stuff with, with balloons. He made animals and he even made clothes for us to wear. Balloon clothes. Come on, I'll show you. No, thanks. I'm reading. So we're starting with uh, Agree to Disagree, and Mike mm -hmm. is going to give us a little summary of that episode for our listeners. Yes. Okay. So this episode begins with the station in quite an uproar because Matt and Tanya are having a little bit of an argument. Matt wants to uh -oh. just sit quietly and read his book. <laughs> Tanya is having none of that. She is all about the balloon animals from a party she's just been to. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Conductor <laughs> shows up to tell Tanya first the story of Thomas meeting Terrence the Tractor and how their differences uh, were recognized. And then, of course, we transition back to the station where Tanya gets some good advice from her grandpa, Harry. Uh, Matt gets some not-so-good advice from our good pal, Schemer, after which uh, <laughs> Mr. Conductor tells the tale of Thomas and Bertie's great race. After that, there's a little bit more discourse until finally the man who made the balloons at Tanya's party comes to the station, and with his help, the kids are able to put their differences aside and enjoy both things together. Mm. How lovely. Now, nice. for those that, yeah, it is very sweet. I always like the endings, um, and the yeah. ending of this one is quite cute. Mm -hmm. um, this is the seventh episode of the first season for our listeners. Mm. So this is, um, we're kind of going chronologically now. And yeah, let's just start with some of our initial impressions. When you rewatched it, uh, Nicole, what did you have any particular thoughts or memories, things come back to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had some thoughts like, wow, that's something I go through even now. And so it's like, <laughs> right? this, this is so important because I was thinking, first thing I thought was codependency. I was like, wow, codependency <laughs> issues, like within relationships, within friendships, within anything, like where you really expect somebody to help you have a good feeling. And I'm yes. so big on this because it's all about like, you make me feel happy or whatever that I'm so big on that because like, because <laughs> I've had a bunch of relationships, romantically speaking, where I'm like, okay, let's not make each other responsible for each other's feeling. It's so yep. like kind of almost easy to say that, but nobody really does it. Like most people make other people responsible for their feelings because it's kind of in our language. Like, oh, you make me feel so young. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can make it's myself true. happy. And I just saw it right away. I was like, wow, I'm totally depending on Matt to make me feel happy. And it's that alone versus lonely thing where you can be yeah. alone and you don't have to be lonely. You can be happy still. And it's such a great lesson. Like, it's so cool. 
um, to have seen that in this episode. It's so funny how it's just like, this is like a huge list of life, but like it just passes over your head sometimes, you know? Wow. I love how you're saying that too, Nicole, because recently in my life, I've had a similar thing too, where I, you know, with some of my friends and these yeah. are like, n- not romantically, but with friends where like, I love something and I'm like, oh my God, okay. Like this movie is so great. I'm going to show it to you. You're going to love it. And they're like, that sucks. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm so offended. I'm like, right. how can you not love it? And right. so this, and they're like, well, I just don't, it's fine. And I realized I have a really hard problem with people having different opinions. And I get like, even sometimes freaked out. And so I think it's, I love that like this episode from this wonderful kids show can totally apply yeah. to our lives now. Us being like, yeah, oh, it's God. huge. <laughs> it's huge. I was literally saying that to my boyfriend the other day too. I was like, um, I can have my opinion and you don't have to be like defensive about it. <laughs> like we can right. both have an opinion. Why are you so upset? Like it was like a whole thing. I was like, wow. <laughs> well, and it's so interesting because I was chatting with my friend about this theme the other day and she said she loves when she disagrees with her friends because mm. she finds it exciting and interesting. Mm. And I was like, what a wonderful perspective as opposed to like me getting offended and worried. Mm. I'm yeah. like, can't we can celebrate it and be like, isn't this cool? Yeah, and you know? even to take the the like the advice or the exploration like huh, why do you feel like that? As opposed to being like, yeah. no, well, where did you get that information from? Like most people are very like argumentative about it right away. They're not inquisitive, Offensive, yeah. which is exactly. interesting. Well, why can't we just be inquisitive? Why we got to be all argumentative? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it speaks to the, like our divide too, in our, in our country. Mm. I mean, well, in our various countries, like left, right, it's so polarized. And it's sure. like, we don't have to be that polarized as people. We can like exactly get curious. Oh, you have a different viewpoint than me. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Instead of being the, what do they say? The uh, confirmation bias like right away. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think, Mike? What what were you struck with in in watching this? I I mean, I I definitely agree with, with Nicole's point too. And I think the thing that I love about this episode is that it also involves how when you have sort of a disagreement, you know, both sides are getting maybe advice from people on how to mm. resolve the dispute. And I love yes. that instead of just showing the good advice from Harry, the show also goes to the length to show that sometimes you get bad advice from people That's about how to so resolve true. conflict too, which yeah. is exactly what Schemer does. So yeah. it's, <laughs> <laughs> and I would just say the worst advice he says, play stupid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my God, play <laughs> stupid. Matt, it drives wow. the girls c- 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 crazy. I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> It's just the worst. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's just funny how we tolerate Schemer. We're just like, okay, Schemer, like every episode. <laughs> uh, He's the real kid good... of every episode. He is. He, uh, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Yeah. I was saying he's like learning he's kind of like the as much as the kids are for sure. Yeah, we're, he's so mature. <laughs> yeah, he's just like the unfiltered. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> and I noticed too, this one is like a relatively slow paced episode. Um, mm. As I know, some of the ones in season one are, but I didn't necessarily mind that. Like, there's not a lot of action that goes on in it, but it's still. Mm. I think I find the theme quite engaging. Yeah, I liked it. And you know what? I found one of my new favorite quotes from Ringo. Okay, so it goes like this. The people who have forgotten the most are the people who who know the most in the first place. Therefore, the people with the worst memories of the world are actually the smartest people in the world. Wow. (laughs) You really have to know something before you can forget it, right? So if you never knew it, you can't forget it. Now that means the people who have forgotten the most are the people who knew the most in the first place. 
Therefore, the people with the worst memories in the world are actually the smartest people in the world. Well, where was I? I've completely forgotten. I was so excited about that because, like I've just been saying, I forgot so much about, like, in my life, like, things I've done. Like, how was filming? I, I, I couldn't tell you that many details. You know, and sometimes I feel really guilty when I forget people. I'm like, hey, I worked with you, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, What's your name again? Like, hello. And maybe we had some really intense times together. I, get, I mean, maybe conversation while I was eight, nine. But, you know, I, yeah. I, I feel bad because i worked with so many people in my life that i really can't remember everyone so this made this quote made me feel so much better i was like actually i'm smart <laughs> oh you are yes this is for you i Nicole. lived a lot <laughs> <laughs> so i forget a lot too yeah yeah absolutely I, I love i love to that whole rant that he does and then at the end he's like has has tanya heard this thomas story and he's like i don't think so and he's like well she can't forget it either yeah exactly. like you really have to know something before you can forget it exactly i love that i love that one I always liked that side of Mr. C, how he was kind of riddly like that and said some things where you're just like, what? That's true. Oh, man. I have to say, too, another thing I noticed in watching this was I thought Schemer was just really funny. Like, I really enjoyed his slapstick, like when he's carrying the boxes yeah, um, yeah. that he gives to you guys and then takes a, a fall. And then he he says, like, oh, you know, I was going to sell these to you. And Stacy's like, Schemer. And he's like yeah. trying to say give and give, give. And she gives him a little smack on the back and he says, give. And see, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He's so good he at was, it. Well, he's going to sell them to you. Schemer. I mean, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give them to you. <laughs> so, uh, go wild, kids. Thanks, Schemer. Gee, that was nice of him. His, yeah, his comedy was just very well-timed. And I always, mm -hmm. I thought his timing was, yeah outstanding he didn't he, i don't think he got enough recognition as an actor for his role in his so talent, true it's not easy to be like funny and and kind of like i want to say simple-minded but you know like the immature way that he played yeah. it and to be funny and also like he was likable he was like he, was. he actually was likable even though he had like the spirit of like wanting to take advantage of people but you still got this innocence from him that was cool like yeah. a kind heart and deep down and that's that's good. That's a, I really love that you say that, Nicole, because it's a hard balance to strike. Because sure. if he was too mean and too mm. unlikable, you just wouldn't be rooting for him ever, and you just be nope. like, oh, what? A, like he's such a you know what? And um, but here we can actually have some compassion for him, even though he's you know doing kind of idiotic things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like you know the advice he gives to uh, Matt and. Uh, yeah, that's great. I also, you know, speaking of um, like little character moments, I love Stacy's moments when she talks about her grandma. Mm. And there's a moment where she's sitting with Matt and she says, um, if everyone was the same, they'd be as interesting uh, as potatoes. And at least potatoes have appeal. And yes. as a kid, I never got that. And <laughs> yeah. only recently I was watching it and I was like, appeal. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I, I always found one. it sweet. It was just sweet. She always had a tenderness when she told those like granny stories and the way she like Dude. looked at you and, and Jason. It was sweet. Yeah. 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 Let's move into some of the more detailed uh, components of the episode. So in terms of the Thomas stories, we have two Thomas stories. We have Thomas and Terrence and Thomas and Bertie. Um, both I think are pretty, pretty classic episodes, but it's interesting because mm -hmm. they went into the first one super fast. I don't know if you guys noticed, like mm -hmm. the episode just started the, the shine time episode, and then it goes right into one of the episodes, which I don't oh. recall it happening that fast in previous episodes. Oh. I don't know, Mike, what do you, yeah, do they, you they do jump into it pretty quickly with this one. They don't give a whole okay. lot of, uh, of 
plot time to the station before they they bombard us with the Thomas story. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I personally I like the choice of Thomas and Terrence because I liked that there was a fair bit of conflict uh, mm. in in that or to, or is it Thomas Terrence in the Snow? I can't remember what it's called. Different titles, but. Um, yeah, like he's, you know, it's pretty confrontational at the beginning. So I thought that echoes, you know, Matt and Tanya's conflict relatively well. Yeah. Um, myself and same in Thomas and Bertie, to, probably to a lesser extent, but they're still fun episodes, I mm -hmm, thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were cool. Thomas yeah. is so I, cute you when thoughts? he gets frustrated and he gets all cocky, like, I don't need that. I'm just silly soft stuff, silly soft stuff. He's, he's so cute. I'm like, oh, Thomas. His little cross face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do a good Thomas impression. <laughs> love that. Oh, man. Mike, did you have any thoughts on the episodes? Yeah, I mean, these are these are both very classic stories. I mean, I think everybody, even the, the non-Thomas lovers probably know of Thomas and Bertie's Great Race. I think that one's a pretty famous one, but... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, very good choice in stories for this Shining Time Station episode about putting differences aside and learning to understand and appreciate differences. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. you can't really beat the classic uh, Ringo narration with these ones. Either. <laughs> oh, he no. was great. It was so he good. He was great. And I, I love too that even though they had a kind of an argument at the beginning of um, Thomas and Bertie, that they still just had a friendly competition. They're like, oh yeah, okay, I'll race you. Like that's very, that's very childlike. And that's I think true. that works well for an episode because that's what kids do. And I think, oh, well, sometimes if you can disagree and then just be like, oh, okay, let's do this. Oh, this is fun. Um, right. Yeah, I yeah, like the, that. The stakes are never too high in Thomas's world, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a race to the end of the line. Yes, yeah. it's not like, a, <laughs> you know, they're competing for the same job or something. <laughs> And then for the jukebox song in this episode, we had Abilene. What did you guys think of that? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. huh. I, I, I mean, some of the songs were so country style, mm -hmm. but I like them. I realized, I mean, I like that style, actually. And it, it's, but it's not so obvious that it would, it should be that or whatever. But I, I thought it still worked yeah. kind of well. Yeah, it is a very country song, isn't it? One thing I like about it is how um, Tex and Rex, like the Boy Brothers with the Hats, how they would um, say things during the song. They'd be like, yeah. not Nabilene, like just like speaking it. And I thought that yeah. was cute. I like they're like, oh, okay, Rex, okay, Tex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Rex. You're yeah. welcome, Tex. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, one uh, of one of the things I do remember is that I was obsessed with trying to get up in there, in that space where they filmed it, because it was actually like a little treehouse size. It was oh, a life so size, cool. like treehouse size. It was and I used big. to try to climb up in it. Yeah. I was like, man, if I could just chill in here, it'd be so cool, like a little house of my own. Oh my god. Did you ever get to watch the um puppet guys performing? Or the puppet gang performing um, or You no? know what? Not during filming. I don't remember ever seeing right. them do it. I assume you got to see the puppets at some point and maybe interact with them or no? Yeah, just like when I when I would try to crawl up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, there was no. I don't remember interacting with them. It's nice to know that Craig and Olga still have all of them and they're they're safe and sound because they yeah. were pretty sweet. I wow, thought. so good. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Any thoughts? Yeah, I like this one too. This is uh, as as we've said, it's a pretty simple country sort of song, and you know, it, it's great mm -hmm. that 
we're only what this was episode seven of series one and we've already got so many different styles of music that the jukebox band has played it's it, so it's true. very cool it's it's a important thing for kids to be exposed to and i think it really mm -hmm. really grows the artistic mind having to hear all these different styles of music mm. absolutely and it's actually how i was introduced as a kid to like railroad and kind of americana songs like folk songs i didn't you know i you you hear some of them as a kid on you know cds that your parents buy you or in my day it was like records still yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> i had like sharon lewis and bram and raffi on record and all this stuff but nice. uh this was also one of the first times i heard those songs and i i it gave me a huge love for yeah railroad folk songs like johnny cash yeah. you know and oh, now, wow. like, it kind of yeah yeah because you know johnny cash has an album of railroad songs and a lot of them have appeared on the show so um, okay. I think it's definitely kind of informed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Johnny Cash. Cool. I'm trying to think who else, but recently it was funny. My mom was listening to CBC as she does. And she heard of this, this duo who recorded, um, American folk songs, like railroad songs on an actual train. They oh, had a little wow. portable studio and they went across the country. Yeah. You would love this, Nicole. <gasps> and they recorded good. a whole album. Oh, I should give you the link. It's really good. They were called. Oh, that I was, think, uh, well, it wasn't that, yeah. uh, it was Billy, Billy Bragg, Bragg and, Joe, and Henry. Joe Henry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's called, uh, oh, do you remember what it's called, uh, uh, Mike? Yes, I do. Hang on. We'll pull that up for I you listeners. I absolutely got but, it on my yeah, Spotify. The <laughs> but they, uh, they did a beautiful job. And in some of the segments, you can actually hear the kind of trick truck of the railroad coaches. And I just thought, I was like, what a neat kind of art project to yeah, do. Yeah, great idea. Totally. Yeah. So anyway, I highly encourage you guys to check that out. <laughs> uh, it's called, for um, those who are interested, it's called Shine a Light field recordings from the great american railroad yes and even on the cover they have a they're in a station and they have the two all trains sign in the background so mm -hmm. it's like oh interesting connection so just moving along also one thing i noticed in this episode too was uh i really enjoyed and this is a scene with you nicole uh mm -hmm. harry's railroad story that he shared about <laughs> him and his friend mike hmm. um <laughs> yeah. why are you laughing because you know when i saw it again i was totally thinking god i used to think those stories were so boring <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were so boring. I was like, oh man, here we go. I got to look interested, right? And then I was thinking to myself watching, I was like, I did a good job because I looked like I liked it. And I, I remember thinking it was boring. But now when I look back and I listen to it, I'm like, that was a good story, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And you know what? It makes sense probably as a kid that you might find it boring because like you're in the workshop, but you know, <laughs> us at home are getting the beautiful visuals of the trains. Yeah. In the meantime, and for this one, actually gave me goosebumps listening to it back because I there was a way that he told it with such passion. Mm. And I think I remember you saying, Nicole, he told us stories with great care. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that moment when they get to the top of the hill and in the light and he turns to him with a thumbs up. And also the fact that, you know, they're from a different place, different culture, different language. Yeah. And, and they're showing that message of how they connected non-verbally, which I thought was really beautiful, actually. Mm. Yeah, looking yeah. back, it was a great lesson. Yeah, but I love it. Sorry, Nicole, that's amazing. You're just like, okay, here we go. Look, okay, <laughs> smile. Okay, where well, this is really good. <laughs> I'll try to find something to like in that story. Oh, your friend? Oh, good. Okay, Grandpa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then he gave, he gave you a hug at the end. But yeah, it's, it's funny because the Harry that we see in the show is very different from the actor. Even on the press tour, I saw him being very goofy and playful. And I was like, whoa, who's that guy? He yeah, seemed, I... He seemed like he had different personas. I don't remember him being goofy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I feel like he was kind of like that character, like a bit, how do you describe it? Like not huggy. <laughs> a bit, a bit curmudgeon-y maybe. <laughs> 
he was a bit like a grandpa, you know? And yeah, I, I don't, I, yeah. I think like he wasn't into my huggy side, you know, like, like Ringo was like, yeah. Oh, Miss Huggy. But like, I, I, I think he didn't like for me to hug him. So I don't know what was my feeling about, but something was just not that fun. It wasn't like Didi, you know, it was like oh the opposite. My gosh. Yeah. <laughs> he was a, he was a he nice guy. Me he a just bit. Didn't have, yeah. Like he had a severe, like a sort of serious side that I was like, okay. Yeah. Like when he, when Jason goes in, like as Matt goes into his workshop and I think in the first episode and he's like, what are you doing in here? And he has like act all scared. I'm like, that's not acting. I'd be scared. Yeah. Like I would be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, totally. I'll be scared too. Um, that's amazing. Uh, and then lastly, or well, almost lastly, we have the picture machine song, which is we do things differently, which features clips of various animals doing quirky things which is kind of cute yeah. know, what do you guys think of that yeah i like that you go to the left uh, i go to the right I... you like the day, the day i like the night, the night. i run in the mountains you swim in the sea there's absolutely nothing on which we agree because we do things differently yeah we do things differently i'm kind of fuzzy I'm always like down for some good animal clips, so, you know. There's yeah, a- I thought it was, a good, it was a good thing to bring in. I mean, I, I remember they they did bring in so much different media in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at some point I was yeah. thinking, is that, I mean, ha, ha, is that interesting for three-year-olds? Because I remember knowing that sometimes there were, like, young, really young kids watching it. And I was like, can they, can they be interested in all of the, the clips that showed? As opposed to just wanting to see Thomas the Tank Engine, you know? That's a that's a good question. And I think, like, maybe... I mean, definitely Thomas is simple. It could probably appeal to that age. But I think some of the station stuff, maybe they would lose the kids a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's why they endeavored to have more crafts or more kind of colorful guest stars. Mm. But I think... I think it attracted a pretty wide audience of young viewers. And then I remember Rick saying, like, the, the kids that watched it... Uh, like during the first season in 89 when it was aired um, with Unicole, they watched that and then they grew up with the show as it mm. branched out into the 90s and into 95 and they were quite a bit older, even like 9, 10, 11 and still watching it. Wow. So it did have quite an interesting... I think it managed to get a big cross-section of kids. Oh, yeah. You know, That's yeah, interesting I mean, because I... I try it on my son and I, see what he thinks. Yeah, I, I remember as a kid, like I, I was obviously into the Thomas stuff I loved the station parts and I loved the jukebox band, but it was often like the picture machine or when they went through the tunnel, some of that stuff, I was like, ah, okay, you've lost me a little bit here. So that's, okay. that's interesting. <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah. I wondered what lost people or not lost people or yeah. like, you know, or for example, the grandpa stories like that, they seem pretty sophisticated to me. That's true. That's true. I mean, I think, I think what helped those come alive a little bit was the footage that they used of oh, the yeah. trains, but that's a good point, Mike. Like I started watching this at, uh, the second season at about four years old. Oh wow! And I, I never, I loved all the stuff. I, I loved the the characters. They were fun. They're engaging. They're genuine. But yeah, maybe it just oh. depends. But I think there was something about <laughs> there was something about the station that, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> that drew <laughs> something about this show um, <laughs> that drew kids in. And I think that's actually interesting. I think that might be unique to Shining Time in that. It didn't have to be loud and tons of colors to actually mm. absorb kids in a station setting. Mm. It shows that it can be simple and genuine true. and still Even be interesting. Simple, yeah. Simple and beautiful. Like, actually, that's one thing I want to ask you about, Nicole. I think I asked you before, but, like, mm-hmm. it must have been quite a huge set to be on as a kid. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I mean, the mural was beautiful. It was very inspiring yeah. to be around all that art and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wish they kept that. And then you mentioned the balloon guy. He was our last, he was kind of the last part of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually looked him up. Oh. uh, And his name's Alan Gowen, and he's still around. Still, Uh you can still get him to perform balloon shows. (laughs) Yes. He lives in Florida. Florida? Where? Yeah, he lives in, um, in, uh, is it, was it Venice? I think. Okay. I was just there. I go to Fort what? quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, Nicole's booking oh, him as soon cool. as we wrap up. Her yeah. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, Nicole, you and your son are going to head down there and be like, we're going to see yeah. Alan. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then he can Full watch circle. Be like, mommy, yeah. that's the balloon guy. Like, yep. Exactly. Mm. But yeah, so if any of you are curious to look him up, Alan Gouin, his name's spelled a bit differently. It's A-double-L-Y-double-N and then last name G-O-O-E-N. Oh, Alan wow. Gouin. Okay. I also wanted to ask you, Nicole, about Matthew Diamond, because he directed both of these episodes. Do you have any particular memories of Because I knew he was your favorite director. Do you have any particular (laughs) moments that you remember with him? Um, Okay, so that's that thing again, where it's just like, it washes over into this general, like, like Matthew was an angel type person. I just, he was such a bright light. And I guess it's weird for for me to say that since I was a child, like I wasn't, it's mostly something you say when you're grown, I guess. And it wasn't okay. something I recognized in my mind at the time. But when I look back, he was such a positive energy. Yeah. And I just remember he, he was so smiling so much and so like calm and, and he handled us with care. Yeah. I also felt he was creative. You know, it wasn't just like care to, you know, go along, yeah. get along. He was also a creative yeah. person. He had but, a dance background. If I'm yeah, that, I had no idea at the time, but I just... Maybe that's part of his grace. You know, he just had this sort of grace yeah. that, and, and this smile. And I wrote to him for years, like when I could, I, I used Did to have pen really? pals. Yeah. And I used to write to him like with cards and then oh, he would write wow. me back. And it just, that's I just so remember sweet. he felt like a confidant, like a really good human being. Wow. <laughs> and I was always happy to that's see really him. That's really sweet. Well, I, I chatted with him actually recently, Nicole. I was able to oh, get wow. a hold of him. And if you're if you're interested, I can give you his email. But we had yeah. a talk just about his time on the show. Really sweet. He's still busy. He's still working. You know, like I can imagine. Um, he just did a really yeah interesting film. It came out on. Ooh, what was it? Was religion and dance? I think. Oh my god! I so want to see that. Called. <laughs> it's totally your jam. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me just here. I'm just gonna look at it quickly now. Um, oh. Yeah, I want to read him. Yeah, in terms of morals for the show for this episode, what would you guys say those those would be? I started with the codependency thing. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, uh, is it like the agree to disagree thing was kind of nice? Judgment of yeah. difference, like kind of try to suspend your judgment of difference. Yeah, and 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 verse appreciating the difference, and also like stubbornness was kind of part of it. Like I was being stubborn, Matt was being stubborn. I'm trying yeah. to let that go a bit. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's just that's, okay. That's, it's just okay. Everything's okay to be different. It's not a big deal. Yeah. That's what I, I wrote. Like, it's okay to have little tips as friends. That's normal. I think it's good that they normalize that. Because also, that's something kids go through, right? They're like, you don't like this? Oh, I hate you. You're not my friend. And, <laughs> yeah. then, you, know, so and then, you know, five five minutes later, you're my friend. Let's go play outside. It just, I thought it de- it depicted that well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Matt's no fun. He doesn't want to do what I want to do. I was like, oh wow, okay, calm down, Nicole. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh man. And also, I wrote, yeah, small fights can sometimes be bought, brought on by like bigger things. So like mm. maybe maybe Matt and Tanya had had like a, maybe a difficult week. Like they hadn't been getting along super well, and then oh, like they kind of blew up over this one thing. Yeah. And then after that, they're like, oh, it's fine. It's okay. 
and we get all the kids activities in this. We have balloon making, which is was amazing, kind of hard maybe for kids, but um, reading and building forts, which is always fun. I miss doing yeah, building forts. Reading. I don't know about you guys, but so yeah, good, yeah, reading or the, reading the, in a fort. Yeah, that's a good a good lesson. Too. <laughs> and and again, also for the alone thing, I think it's so important because people give you pressure a lot about like if you need time for yourself. Like if I just want to go off and read today, I just want to be alone. And people kind of yeah. tend to pressure you about that. And it's like you really should develop yourself and be with yourself and love yourself and it's kind of can be judged as being selfish too too quickly absolutely or the pressure of no fun which is also just some peer pressure that if you need time take your time (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go read. do you have any final thoughts um before we move on to ratings mike uh, I completely agree with uh, with everything that you and Nicole have said about this. I think that this is an episode that perhaps people in 2023 should be watching just to uh, <laughs> remind ourselves yeah. that we can yeah. we can have conflict resolution. It's a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Well said. Okay. Um, and what would you guys give it in terms of ratings? So we usually do our ratings out of 10, Nicole. Oh, like rating of like, oh, like what's the rating based on like... Um amusement lesson all of that kind of stuff uh, all of those all of kind of the above that we talked about like as in terms of like uh you know watching it as an episode compared to the other episodes in the season how much did you enjoy mm-hmm. it um we usually just like to give a rating and and why i mean uh, it's like because i was in it i feel like and i liked it i want to give it like the top rating but i feel like <laughs> is that is that too predictable you can do so whatever you want maybe i'll give it a nine <laughs> You know, very nice, very respectable. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I would give this one. I, I think this is a solid episode. I would give it an eight out of ten. I'm a big fan of, yep. of Harry's stories, so any chance that I get to uh, to listen to him ramble on about the good old days of the railroad, I will take that for <laughs> sure. Um, very nice. Very very classic schemer moment in this one here as well of of giving terrible advice. And uh, (laughs) we also get some classic Thomas stories in there. So yeah, overall, very, very solid viewing experience. I gave it a seven out of 10. I, I enjoy this episode. It's not one of my favorites out of the first season, but I do like the message. And actually, I think that's what stuck with me the most because oddly, like recently when I was thinking about friends disagreeing, I thought of this episode and I was like, yes, there is a lesson there. (laughs) I love this message. I'm definitely going with that, especially the quote from Ringo about memory, all of that. That's why. (laughs) Yes, you are the smartest in the world. Just kidding. Um, And just for those who are curious, Matthew Diamond's documentary is called Exaltation and you can find it at exaltationthemovie.com. Uh, and you can watch it. You can watch the trailer there and pay a small fee to watch the film. But it looks beautiful just from wow. a world culture perspective. And Nicole, I think you'd love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Hi, I'm Mike O'Donnell, one of the composers of the original Thomas the Tank Engine theme. And I'm here to tell you that I have released a selection of re-recorded themes and songs from the classic shows in a series of albums called The Engine Themes. These albums include a variety of classic themes and songs from the original TV series, as well as a few new compositions. You can purchase these albums on CD or digital download, as well as posters and pin badges. Have a look online at modmusic.co.uk. And for a special offer for Right On Track listeners, you can use the special code ROT20 
for a 20% discount on all digital downloads. Be sure to enter the code when making your purchase. Thank you for your support and happy listening. Take care and stay safe. Okay, so we're going to dive into our next episode, which is Whistle While You Work. Mr. Conductor, could you help us clean the station, please? What does it look like I'm doing, Miss Tanya Filanya? I mean, clean the whole station. Magic. I don't use magic for cleaning. It doesn't reach these hard-to-get-at places. What do you use instead? A toothbrush for small spots, rags for windows, different tools for different jobs. Of course, the best tool is elbow grease. It helps to give that splendid shine. That reminds me, it's time to clean that bike of mine. In this lovely episode, Stacey, Tanya, Matt, and Mr. C are working very hard to clean up Shine Time Station as it's been getting busier and the station's been getting messier. Um, but I, I do like the quote that Stacey says, like, a messy station is a busy station. A Shine Time Station should always be busy. That's mm. a nice, nice sentiment. Um, of course, Schemer comes in and complains about the mess uh, <laughs> and says that they could attract many more arcade customers if they just used the wall space for advertising <laughs> instead of the mural. Um, yeah. Because he's, he points out that trains and the rest of the station is kind of history and you need to move the station into the future by bringing it into advertising. Um <laughs> Mr. C says that all jobs, big or small, are important. So even though mm-hmm. Schemer had kind of put them down a bit for that. And then we have things kind of coming full circle at the end. Um, Stacy comes back to the station at one point after Schemer's put up all the posters to a very catchy rendition of Pop Goes the Weasel by the Jukebox Band. And uh, she says, Schemer, take these down. And uh, he had brought in a friend, Joe, to help him put up the posters and Joe ends up taking a few of them down and gets a ticket, a train ticket and ends up leaving. And then Matt and Tanya are working on a little a picture of an elephant and they make a deal with Schemer and say, look, if you take down all these posters, we'll give you this one poster um, and we'll write um, whatever you want on it, which is elephants are big, elephants are gray, spend money. <laughs> yeah, that was that. <laughs> Very that catchy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it ends with Schemer jumping up and down and trying to get one of the posters off of the station arch in the background. <laughs> yeah, so what are your guys' overall impressions of this, of this episode? Um, Let's start with you, Nicole. I really like the lesson that I, uh, the, the first lesson, at least one of them, that was about being um, too important to do little things yep. and that carried on through the Thomas and Tank Engine stories. I feel like that's so important in life. And that's something that I always kind of take with me as well. Like, especially like little jobs, you know, in life when you have to do, uh, maybe if you don't get the main role, you know, in terms of acting career or something, every part is so important though, because when you're watching a show, you notice if the, if the person doing the like extra work behind is off and he's not committed, you're going to notice that and it's going to ruin the whole play for you. It could anyway. And so it's really important that every little person that has every person that has any little job in the play or is really committed to it with 100% passion. If there's no, in that way, there's no better role, you know, because they all go together to, to combine into this powerful story. And, um, well said. and then it says this, uh, the one part is that with the, it's the little things that make the big things possible. And that's, that's that part. Yeah. I always felt like uh, when I had a little job, a little job, 
like uh, being a waitress or a hostess. I always wanted to do that very well and have fun doing that as well. Because if, if not, like I'm just wasting my time every day and not taking, I don't know. I just, I don't, it just seemed like a waste of time to not have fun or try to do my best at something, even if it was considered not a, you know, prime job or something yeah, like cleaning it's up. a good value to have. <laughs> yeah. Cleaning up. Well, and it's interesting what Matt says at the beginning, he says, um, uh, I never thought about people cleaning. I never saw people cleaning train stations. I always just thought they stayed clean by themselves. And that's <laughs> such a kid thought to have. Mm-hmm. So like, true. it's sort of like, this is always cleaner, always brighter for me. So I just assume it's like, you know, that no one really does it. And <clears throat> it's actually a lovely reminder of people who do do those jobs, like, you know, um, janitorial staff, sure. uh, you know, like the importance of that. I mean, there's probably people cleaning the station after hours, usually I would imagine. And, yeah. and those workers are so incredibly important. And I also, I also ran a small house cleaning business to put myself through university. So I really understand mm. the importance of, you know, cleaning <laughs> and yeah. yeah. I so. always tried in my life to make sure I'm not looking down on anybody and, and especially even thanking these people that are doing these jobs you know, in any job, but I feel like they don't get thanked enough. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, thank you for your work. You know, I just, they should be appreciated as well. You know, and I, it's like the underdog kind of jobs always kind of touch me. Like even, even police work, (laughs) I have a similar thing about police work. Like I feel like as a woman, I'm, I I mean, not obviously not all policemen are good men, but that goes for any job. So, but I'm just happy that they exist and they're there to help me if I need it uh, in, in theory and hopefully in real life. And so I just want to be like, thank you. Thank you. You're appreciated. Like not everyone's like, against the police or anything, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really important sentiment to have that everyone has their role. No job is too small. Mm. Um, And uh, yeah, it's, it's refreshing to hear you say that too, Nicole, because I know sets like a lot of, you know, film sets and stuff can be quite egoic um, Mm. and people, people sort of feeling like they're above other people. So it's great to hear that. Yeah. So true. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Any initial thoughts? Well, uh, as a clean freak slash neat freak, this one really touches me in that regard. <laughs> um, Likewise. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, this is definitely one of my favorites of the first season. I think it's just, it teaches a really important lesson, of course, about how, you know, there's no job that's too small to be important. Uh, but mm. it, it also does it in such an entertaining way. Like, I think this is definitely one of the uh, standout schemer episodes of, uh, of this season <laughs> because he's just... He's he's on his peak right now. He's he's really just taking his ideas to a thousand and just going at them with reckless abandon and yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I love speaking of that. I love that moment when um, schemers just put up all the posters and Stacy comes back and saying like, "Oh, they said they love the look," and she looks around the yeah. walls and she's like, "Schemer," and he has yeah. this sort of like he's like looking up. And around, like, sort of innocently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so charming. I really love... They're both I love so when she charming. gets mad at him. Oh, yeah. they are. Really, they're, they're both really so funny. cute. Yeah. Oh, man. And Nicole, did you have a blast watching Dee Dee and Brian just have that on-screen chemistry? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, they both... They they complimented their, their timing. <laughs> their yeah. own timing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Definitely. And there's lots of times where I watch you and Jason laughing at you know schemer at the dynamics and it's like that that's pretty real i mean it's really <laughs> yeah. funny yeah, it's true. Um, it's funny 
it was interesting at the beginning i like sort of how through ringo we learn about the limitations of magic because they say well can't you just use magic and he's like nothing beats elbow grease and he's like he's we're also wearing a welding helmet to clean yeah. a clock did you guys notice that so yeah, random that's true like, he was very humble about it he's like i'm not gonna use my magic i'm gonna actually do it yeah. <laughs> with a like toothbrush and a welding yeah. helmet <laughs> i think that's what it was i looked it up it definitely looks like a welding helmet yeah toothbrushes are like so useful for cleaning little spaces that's a good lesson there uh, nicole's pro tip for <laughs> you know, absolutely i have a toothbrush in my cleaning in my cleaning bucket yep. so amen to it's that <laughs> oh man and uh yeah likewise i same mike i love schemers interactions with the kids i find them really funny mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when he asks them for a nickel to play the song and they're like oh. <laughs> yeah Yeah. um do you remember anything about the guest star ed uh nicole do you remember him the guy on stilts um no it was no i think it was like a quick interaction yeah i mean i kind i kind of i liked i remember liking that activity with grandpa like making the stilts and like we actually wanted to use them you know around the set and like kind of see how we can that was cool and would you take i imagine you would take some of your crafts home probably and play with your siblings right yeah i think i did have that for a minute and i don't remember what i i think it eventually got lost but i remember taking most of them home yeah wow because i legit made can shoes at one point in my childhood i remember i don't know about i don't know about you mike yeah yeah yeah. absolutely (laughs) it's it's funny because i don't remember like really seeing it on tv at any point and then when i saw this episode i was like oh my gosh i'm not the only one who makes these can shoes like that's oh, awesome. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that and like um, two cans with a string of wire in between and using that as a walkie talkie. Oh, yes. that, one, yeah, that, no, that too. one. That yeah. one I definitely yeah. did. Yeah. 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 Um, but again, I love the I love the show in this episode in particular for giving you activities that you can do. Sure. Um, and I love yeah. I love how I love how Harry's like, now you must have a grown up help you with it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's said for those kids at home. They're like, I'll get the hammer and get, yeah. a, you know, <laughs> that's where he did say that a couple times. I think. Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I like oh, the cleaning that, that they emphasize that cleaning up as a team and you can have fun doing it. Yep. Like it doesn't have to be like work, work, you know, because you're doing mm-hmm. it together. So it's kind of like and I like to do that, put on music and clean together and just try to have a good time and mm-hmm. clean the house. Um, yeah. It was funny that they mentioned strike, and he's like, "What does strike mean?" <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> that was funny. Well, and it's it's interesting because the Reverend who wrote the Thomas stories was mm. actually like against striking, oh, and so wow. it's interesting in the Thomas stories he he sort of portrays the engines who strike as silly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is interesting because now we're like, well, striking yeah. can be helpful, and unions are good, and exactly. so <laughs> that's true. We, that's true. We have talked, um, Mike and I have talked about, you know, that sort of uh, perspective. And he was a reverend and, you know, in England a long time ago. Huh. You can sometimes get some of those older morals in the stories. But I mean, it's, it's not too heavy handed. I don't think. Yeah, um, I pick up on that. But it's interesting because also, too, um, I don't know if you remember from the Thomas story. Uh, it's the I think it was the second one, Trouble in the Shed. Uh, Edward, at one point, the other engines are making fun of him and they say, um last night or he says last night they said i have gray wheels yeah. um and originally it should it should have been black wheels but they changed that for an american dub for some oh, reason wow. um, maybe because it sounded racist or something mm. but black wheels referred to black legging i believe that's what the term is right Mike? Oh. I, I think so yes black legging. which which was um which were was basically scabs 
you know, people oh, okay. I was thinking the gray, like gray hair, you know, like you're, you got gray hair, but that, that's, ages. oh, that's smart. Yeah. That's, that's another kind of discrimination. That's, yeah. That's ages too. So I don't know. But like, yeah, I, I was like, oh, you're, yeah, getting, so, like, you're getting gray, you know, well, it's funny because he is one of the oldest. Edmonds, yeah. So Ed- Edward works, is but, the old yeah. one. So that does make sense. Oh, shoot. <laughs> that's funny. So good job. But no, it's referring to that. So it's oh. kind of interesting. Um, what did you guys think of the Thomas stories? In this episode, um, I don't know. I mean, I think I like them. I I did notice that part when they said they were cold, lonely, and miserable, and sulking, and then they wished they hadn't been so silly. Uh, but mm-hmm. in my mind, I was linking that not to the strike, but like to them realizing they didn't have to have that attitude. Again, kind of yeah. like your own agency and taking responsibility for your own feelings. Like you don't have to mm-hmm. pout in the corner. You can kind of mm-hmm. just like work together, like the whole episode was saying. It's true, fun. and they and they they were pouting about something pretty silly. Yeah. Like saying like that they're too big to do small jobs. Mm. That's a silly reason to strike. Yeah, totally. Mm. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I agree. These are uh these stories are some of my favorites of the the original series. It's always fun to mm-hmm. to watch the antics of the big engines getting a little bit too big for themselves. And, uh, <laughs> yes. And yeah, it's, we're the big engines. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, I mean it's it, it's interesting again that end line about how they wish they hadn't been so silly and you know, you can interpret that as you know, the author being against strikes, you can also interpret it as, you know, there's a different way to resolve, you know, your conflict and what's bothering you. And, you know, yes. the, the big engines could have had a, a civil talk with the fat controller and say, you know, <laughs> exactly. sure, here, here sure. are our problems, please help us rather than yeah, this yeah, grand yeah. gesture of a strike. But um, yeah. only they were more assertive. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think <laughs> these stories go really well with the, the overall station plot as well. It, mm-hmm. it definitely complements it. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's, it's nice we get to meet Percy in the second story. Yeah, he's, yeah. Just, he's such an adorable little character. I like um, Percy. He seems so happy. He's like, he's like I know he's a little cutie. To go, he's boss. a little cutie pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always yeah. loved that they came right out of the gate and had him scaring Henry with that one part, and that was oh, I, that's I, right. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I like your whistle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Again, he's small but mighty. Exactly. He bullied the um, bully a little bit. Yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. When Percy, Henry jumped and ran back to the shed. How beautifully you weased him, laughed Edward. I can't weesh like that. Oh, said Percy, that's nothing. You should hear them in the workshop. You have to weesh loudly to make yourself heard. Oh, man. And what did you guys think of Pop Goes the Weasel? Oh, I really liked it. I was like, wow, that's an interesting rendition. (laughs) It's really good. Yeah, the sort of discordant (laughs) sound in the first part and just... I feel like I remember... Adrian, maybe you can back me up on this, but I feel like I remember in some sort of a press release, like maybe it was an article or a uh, a TV spot on Shining Time Station, I seem to remember someone like specifically honing in on the fact that the jukebox band they did. did like a, a jazzed up version of Pop Goes the Weasel. Pop Goes the Weasel, yes. It oh. was a... It was a 13... It was some kind of article like 13 Facts You Didn't Know About Shining Time Station and there was oh. one that, that's talking about the jukebox band and saying they're known for playing yeah, hopped up versions of Pop Goes the Weasel and stuff <laughs> like that. And, you know, I thought this was really fun. It was it was exciting. It was a good instrumental. Interestingly, it's the first time that they don't sing uh, <gasps> in the whole series. Yeah, we just have them jamming out, man. Mm-hmm. 
Um, also, I, I don't know about you guys, but I love the interaction between um, the puppets, Dee Dee and Tito, when they're t- arguing about how many planets are in the solar system. <laughs> yeah, that was And then so she cool. like doesn't count Earth, and she's like, I always just felt like like home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, she, before she even said it, I was like, you felt like it was just home. Like in my mind, I was like, home? And then she said that, I was like, yep. I know. I love when she's like, she's like, Earth? Of course, Earth. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Very charming. Yeah, that was a cute little argument. Oh, man. Uh, and then lastly, we get the Picture Machine song, Let's All Work Together, which is kind of cute little perky, like, let's all work together. They have really high voices and <laughs> yeah. kind of catchy. <laughs> um, and just, again, continuing the theme of using the uh, domain-free cartoons mm. um that they use for a lot of uh, oh, a lot of shining time that. yeah um that's what they're called right is it not domain free oh What's i like those public, public domain public domain that's yeah. it yeah 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 they're public domain so cool. they could just use all those random oh wow you know, cartoons from other shows and splice them together it's you know what it's money saving it's smart yeah so sometimes you would get some random stuff in there for me a being like uh, is that an anteater? But then, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And so in terms of trivia, any trivia, Mike, for this app? Uh, in terms of this episode, I am trying to think if there's anything that stuck out to me here. Uh, did you have anything that, uh, that popped up for you while rewatching Adrian and or Nicole? I have a funny one. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys know the moment when Ed, the guy on stilts, is on stilts mm-hmm. and then his pants go all the way to the floor and then he in the next shot he jumps down and his pants are regular size yeah i was thinking that? about that i, I noticed that they, as like, a kid did they scrunch up i was like did they scrunch up like naturally like i th- no, i i think he changed between shots oh that's a good point oh yeah but as a kid i always remember looking and being like wait a second but, <laughs> yeah. but they were long and now they're not long That's where did they point. go those were just yeah. stilt pants yeah. he had stilt pants and then when he, he took them he off, had he stilt just, pants he just yeah they were super away. long yeah <laughs> i know they must have been like wow. i don't know six like seven eight feet long or something yeah that's part of the um, magic of the station i guess huh? <laughs> that's it right your pants just shrink maybe they're right. on like little you know like shutters when you pull them down like at yeah. windows maybe they're like shutter pants you just pull down the bottom and they would whoop. that's what i was thinking maybe <laughs> and did you guys notice that a stilts kind of look like signals they do the yeah. way they were drawn oh and i don't know if that was intentional really but i thought it was kind of maybe something sense. the prop department did it makes oh. sense very on point mm-hmm. um yeah. Very on point. And something random that I found on the wiki, too, for this episode is that um, this version of the show actually contained a lot of missing music cues that were not present in the broadcast version of this episode. Oh, really? Uh, so I don't... Yeah, oddly. Huh. So I don't know what happened there, but they must have oh. uh, broadcasted the wrong edit because oh, listening to this shoot. one, there was... Yeah, there was some missing... Not not major, but did you notice that, Mike, upon rewatching? I, I did, yeah. I, I definitely, when, uh, when the archived version was uploaded i definitely noticed there was music in places where there wasn't music before which is it's it's interesting it gives you a bit of an insight into you know the editing process and how things change maybe in the 11th hour maybe they had set out different copies intending for those to be the final version who knows right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. makes sense yeah and then so that's it for trivia now in terms of morals um i think we already kind of talked about how all jobs like big or small are important and nicole you articulated so beautifully how everything sort of you know everyone has a special role and they work like cogs in a machine and if one person is not doing that job even if it might be smaller it impacts the whole group so no one Mm -hmm. is really above anyone else Mm -hmm. uh and i also sort of wrote down the future is not necessarily better than the past 
Mm-hmm. Um, if, if advertising is the future and the mural yeah. is the past, I would pick the past. But yeah, that's a good point. Um, what do you guys think? Any kind of ones? like there was also kind of this compromise to to make Schemer happy, where we didn't we weren't really in on what he wanted to do, but we made a little compromise just to keep friends, and that's that nice. was happy for us too. We I mean we actually I guess we wanted to share that picture, although I felt that picture was kind of random. I was like, I don't get it. Why do we join this elephant? You know, or why do we random. even want to give him that elephant? But it just was like, okay, we'll we'll we'll, we'll extend an olive branch. We'll we'll, we'll we'll buy into your little game schemer. Just <laughs> well, was cool. the idea that he couldn't draw? And that you guys yeah. could draw, and then so he wanted one with a drawing because all of his didn't have drawings. So, I yeah, it was like sharing talents, I guess. Oh, yeah, it was a pretty good elephant, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we drew that for real, but <laughs> I, I was wondering. <laughs> not that I impugn your drawing talent, but I was like, that's a very no. good elephant. Yeah, I'm not um, that good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, I was thinking about the personalities of the trains because have you guys seen that movie Bullet Train? With Brad Pitt. Oh, I, I seen loved it, it. I, I, I bought it. What? I it so much. You got to see it because it talks about Thomas the Tank Engine characters <laughs> all the time. And he's like, oh, you're being such a diesel. Yes. <laughs> so I was totally thinking about that today. Like, okay, so they lumped together Gordon, Henry, and James as like the pig-headed big ones. And Edward, Thomas, and Percy were like the little tank engines that were cool. So like I was yeah. thinking about the movie with that. I was like, oh, okay, that's... <laughs> You know what? Well, did you like the movie? Yeah, especially first of all, it's studying great. Japanese, and then second of all, and it was you know filmed in Tokyo, and then second of all, there's the Thomas references. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's got it all. <laughs> Funny enough, I mean, well, my my family knows that when I was a kid, my entire world was Thomas the Tank Engine, and so when this movie came oh. out, I immediately got a text from my sister saying, "Please tell me you've seen this." <laughs> I said, no, I know there's a lot of references in it, but I haven't seen it yet, so I will. I will watch oh, it. Yes, oh go! go. <laughs> and if if you, Mike, if you haven't seen it by the time it comes to Toronto, we will watch it because I've got it here. Yes, but it's great. Right. It's 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 uh, it's intense. Like there's some there's definitely yeah. some like uh, you know violence. Yeah, uh, a I will bit. say, but but it's very. I like the tongue and cheekness of yeah, the film. Yeah, there is a lot of that, which is good. But yeah, and the violence. Some, is and also, I have to say, Shedding Tatum's cameo cracked me up. Yes, he's so he was, funny. He was he's like, so <laughs> funny. The like random nice guy there. Wow. I know random nice guy that thought there anyway. Yeah, it's <laughs> a bit of a, a slightly adult theme to that anecdote, so I won't go into it now. But in case there's kids <laughs> listening to this, but yeah, it's a very it's, cool. it's very good. Um, <laughs> Any other thoughts on the episode before we move into ratings, guys? No, not for me. No, just a Mike? solid overall episode. I really love this one. Mm. It is quite solid, isn't it? What would you give it, Mike? Uh, I would give this one a nine out of ten, honestly. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. I just find it. I, I, I gotta say, in addition to you know the moral of obviously no job being too small to be important. I like that mm-hmm. Mr. Conductor also emphasizes that, in a sense, there's no way that you can cheat doing the necessary work. Mm. You know, he, he always yep. makes it known to the kids that, like, magic can't solve everything. Sometimes you got to roll up your sleeves and just get the job done. So sure. uh, that's also, I yeah. think, a very important thing. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just a fun overall episode. I always have a, a fun time mm. upon revisiting this one. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I think it's smart that they anchored that a bit in reality too, because if they had played up the magic thing too much and Mr. C just did everything, you wouldn't learn work ethic. And also kids might at home might be like, like parents like clean your room up. So I'll use magic later. Yeah. And they're like, but no, you can't <laughs> remember what the episode magic. said. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you don't want to like completely disillusion kids. Um, so true. I, I also similarly, Mike, I enjoyed it. I gave it an eight. 
Um, I think it's a great, uh, it's a solid show. I thought that maybe the end for me, the ending could have been like a little bit punchier. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Yeah, like the ending fell like just not not flat, but like I I I love the endings where like a you know fade it, out. maybe I feel yeah, or it could have ended like with a really. Uh, it ended with a funny interaction between Schemer and and you and Jason, but it would have been funny if he would have had maybe a little thing with Stacy uh, mm, or something, yeah. and like a little jokey thing, or like they scared him or something. It just I think it was missing that, but I loved it. Yeah, I agree. What about you? What would you I, give it? Uh, I Nicole? think I'd give eight point five. You know, because I think yeah. I preferred the balloons instead of the stilts. But <laughs> gotcha. Well, it's definitely. I think the balloons is a more engaging. <laughs> Um, and I, I want to play that game that you guys played the like, knock your nose off <laughs> yeah, that the was thing. Funny, yeah. <laughs> Although it went pretty quick, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it was actually really sweet. Cause recently I, so I, I work with kids as you guys know, and we did a March break camp and we took kids to this like nature sanctuary and downstairs they had a balloon guy and you could line up and he would make like any animal you wanted. So kids were like Aww. requesting monkeys or dogs and he, he was very talented. I have a lot of respect Shoot. for people who do stuff like that. Hi, I'm Ken Bianco Jr. from Train World, where we have the greatest selection of model trains and train sets. We also are proud to carry Bachman's full line of Thomas & Friends products. With a large variety of different brands and scales, we have the best items for your model train collection. You can find Train World on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can see our latest products and even be invited to all our events like Thomas Tuesdays. Visit trainworld.com today to find your next addition to your model railroad journey. Well, I think that's it for those episodes. Now, I know it's we've been going for a little while. We have a couple more wrap-up questions that Mike has for you, Nicole. Is that okay before we uh, close out? Yeah, that's okay. Excellent. Okay, thanks. Uh, now, Nicole, after this season finished filming, there was a bit of a break for you, but you did return for the holiday special, uh, with, yeah. which is called Tis a Gift. Uh, what was it like coming back for you after having that small break? You know what? I felt bigger. Yeah. I think I actually was, mm. I think I actually was taller and stuff, but I felt more grown. Like it felt like I had yeah. maybe outgrown it a little bit in terms yeah. of being some of the main characters. So innocent as we were, you yeah. know, I think at that point, I don't, I was like 10 and a half, 11. I honestly, I was like, so into boys. <laughs> like I, I was so, into boy. I had a birthday party turning 10 and I wore a dress that said, I love boys. And I used to read the book. <laughs> yeah, and I used to read. And it was my first co-ed party. I was so excited. I had a crush, an actor dude. And then, like, I used oh to read God. We Hate Everything But Boys Club. Like, that was my favorite book at the time, <laughs> aside from Babysitter's Club. And I just, yeah, I was really into boys. So I feel yeah. like it was. I wasn't into, like, kid stuff as yeah. much. Whereas I was yeah. definitely into kid stuff, puppets and just, you know, stickers yeah. and stuff in the first way that we filmed it. And at that mm -hmm. point, I was kind of, like, a little bit moving on. From that, so well, it had, it had been two years since you guys had shot the yeah. first season, yeah. which is a, a pretty, I mean, especially for kids, like it's a pretty it's long, a long time. time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was great to come back, and I got to meet George. To be in Carlin. Toronto, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I loved, I loved, to, yeah, I had started studying French already, so that was pretty cool for me. Um, That's really cool. What did you think of Toronto, by the way? Just as somebody who who lives, I there. thought there was not enough French. Because Fair. I was studying French and I was like, where's all the French? I was like, really wanted more. But I was excited because it uh, was somewhat bilingual and I could get magazines mm -hmm. in French and just kind of see things written in French. And that great mm -hmm. ice cream, I remember. Um, <laughs> and it was, I well, think I remember it being a little bit expensive. 
Yeah, that it, it, it is. That, that is on par. That hasn't changed. Um, <laughs> I would say, though, Nicole, I think you'd probably love it as a city now. It's so oh, diverse and <gasps> cool. like just culturally rich. And oh. um, if you're ever in the hood, let me know um, because it's just, yeah, it's it's a... I, I've, I'm not from here originally. I've been here sure. for just over 10 years. Okay, it's wow. Last. Yeah, oh, it's, you're right. There's not as much French just because that you'd have to probably go to Quebec um, yeah. <laughs> uh, to get a bit more of that. But uh, it's got a great vibe. Tons of cool shows. Very much up your alley. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, I will, definitely. Yeah, it's a real cultural hotspot now, which is it's very nice to huh. see. So. Um, Good. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of that holiday special, are there any memories of being on set that you have of that, Nicole? Um, I remember, you know, kind of interacting with the other, the new, the new kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like the singing part, but I, I didn't, like, I don't think I really sang. And I, and I, and I was thinking, oh, it's too bad because I sing. <laughs> I didn't even sing oh. at all. Well, I think you guys were, sang. were you sort of saying, yeah, she sang, but you guys she were all sort of well. like singing along, but I don't know if it was recorded. Or... Yeah, I think we didn't, we yeah. weren't actually like, you know, and so I was like, oh, yeah. that's too bad that I don't actually sing in the episode and I actually sing, but she, but she was a great singer as well. And I remember thinking, oh, she has a beautiful voice. So hmm. that's cool. You know? Yeah. And, um, but I remember it was nice that I met George Carlin, but we didn't get to like that's interact cool. as much as like, you know, with Ringo yeah. and everything. So, but I'm happy I got to meet him because he was a pretty brilliant guy. Oh, you're really lucky. Yeah. I will say I'm also a fan of your you have a great singing voice and I love I love that song that you did a few years ago, the swing phenomenon or phenomenon. Oh, I know you say a bit funny. different. Yeah, thanks. The swing, yeah, <laughs> swing, swing phenomenon. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Now, in terms of, uh, you, you mentioned meeting George Carlin, which would have been for when the show moved into its second season, and you did mm-hmm. pop up in a few episodes there. What was the vibe like going back to to film in that second season? Because there was a lot that had changed in between the first and second. I do not. <laughs> do not remember. You don't remember? No. There was, like a I, ball, there was a ball game episode. Do you remember that? No, I, I, in my mind, I only came back for the Tis the Season in that oh you you came back for two I did? wait yeah you came back for the halloween episode which was oh the first God. episode of the second season after did you that. send me the um, link for that i gotta see that i, <laughs> I can but you dress up you dress memories. up as a witch huh. in it maybe it'll bring um, back memories for me <laughs> and then yeah there was the there was the baseball one right mike i think that was yeah i think it? those are the last two that makes sense yeah okay so you came back a couple times to toronto yeah i don't remember the vibe being like that um only that obviously all the people that are cool like dd schemer yeah yeah yeah. it was like the family kind of vibe i'm sure some of the people that were um working on it like the hair and makeup people were probably similar and 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 rick and Britt were always so sweet Mm -hmm. like i love seeing them and i love i loved in the well this is more in the other season but i loved my tutor i had such a great tutor she was like what was her name best friend margaret I, I think it was Margaret oh. Mayer was her last name. Okay. And Shout she out was to Margaret. Such, yeah, she was such a nice woman. Again, just like a Matthew Diamond type, like a light of oh. smiling and nurturing and just like a friend. Like almost, you know, when I was younger, I had these adults I considered almost like my therapist. Like I could tell them anything. Like, That's you know, so nice. And today, and today me and Matt had to fight. And I don't know, but I don't know. You know, like I just, I think I remember <laughs> pouring my heart out to them a lot. You know, these people that I liked as adults. <laughs> They're probably like, okay, Nicole, get it together. That's so sweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, in terms of the rest of the season, we, we you know, as we've discussed 
uh, as Adrian and I have discussed rather, you know, mm -hmm. towards the end of the, the season or the series as a whole, when they started doing the specials, they had a lot of people come back and sort of reprise some of their older roles. Do you mm -hmm. remember getting any offers to, to be a part of that? Or was there a hope that your character might come back? Before? Oh, no. If I did, we definitely would have done it. Like if my manager would oh, have told me. And, yeah, we would have definitely. Because they brought it. back Leonard. Um, oh, that's yeah. Yeah, it, it for one of the specials in '95. Oh wow! Yeah. I mean, maybe that yeah just wasn't in their script, or well, no, I really think my manager we would have discussed. I think I would have remembered yeah. a conversation. Were you still like acting that. in '95? Yeah, because that's I was 15, okay. so mm, I could only say possibly I was maybe in the middle of something like a play. Um, I remember when I was mm. so that was like I was 15. I was doing. Uh, I remember I did a play with Joe Morton directed Crumbs from a Table oh, cool. of Joy. Uh, and then I went to France for like a few months. Um, I was doing a lot of musical theater. Um, and I think, so that, did cool. I do Clarissa around then? Maybe. I might have been doing Clarissa around that. And then I went to college at 16. So I was kind of out at of the 16, game wow. for 14, for four years. Yeah. Yeah. I went a little early. So maybe oh, it could have been around then. But I'm pretty sure That's I would have remembered point, if my manager had that offer because we would have tried to do it. That would have been cool. Hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. Maybe. Wow. Mm. Uh, last question for you here, Nicole. You know, you yeah. in talking with you, it's it's apparent that you have so many good memories of the show. Um, yeah. If you could be face-to-face -face with any of your former cast members from the show, if you could say anything to them right now, what would you like to tell them the most? Oh, you know, I I wouldn't even pick one. I, I think I would just say, like, thank you for the love and the care, mm -hmm. you know? And the good times, mm -hmm. because everybody was really good natured on that show. Yeah. That's what I remember. And um, I mean, it, I, I, yeah, a little soft spot for Dee Dee because we interacted so much and she, you know, created these really special activities for us. And um, I mean, she's just so naturally sweet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I've, I have my my special soft spots. But uh, it was just a great experience, you know, overall. What a, what a, what a, what a gift, mm -hmm. you know, who I wouldn't have thought out of the casting that I would be able to live such a great experience. Well, thank you for all that you brought to the character and to the show. Um, I, I came to season one a bit, a bit later when I was like a, just a little bit older and I, I, I really loved it. So yeah, oh, for all the fans, welcome. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's so nice to sit down with us today and chat. I know how busy you're, you know, you've got all those wonderful shows and stuff. So uh, no yeah. worries. I'll make time for you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like such an important thing to to keep the, like 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 we all said rewatching those episodes we have things in our lives that are happening right now that are yeah. so linked to those lessons yeah. so it's just a really good Absolutely. experience so i thank you for bringing that back to my attention honestly yeah. oh of course and it's something we're hoping to do is bring people's attention to shows like this a bit more because i think yeah. the world needs it right now yeah. Yeah, and the world so needs much. to remember a lot of these qualities i know it might sound a bit cliche but i mm. i do think it i do think this show handled that very genuinely yeah and um I, yeah I think people need to access that kind of softer side of themselves and more compassionate side a little bit more these yeah. days. Mm -hmm. um, everyone's feeling the pressure of really having come out of a couple of years of pandemic hell. And so, yeah, I think it's pretty sure. important. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So thank you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been Adrian. And I have been Mike. And I am Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us at the station. We'll see you next time. Yay. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.